Good evening, Chicago, and welcome back to The Table on Air, your primary source for learning about what's new, what's happening, and what's what in black LGBTQ culture. I'm your host, Darius Caffey, and I thank you for showing up to this space. We're about to get real, real, a little deep, and maybe a little teary, but we're going to have some fun, so stick around for the ride. In this week's main event, we're joined by one of Chicago's top diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioners. But first, let's dive into the latest and greatest in this week's Black Report. Timing for me is everything. I believe that everything happens for a reason and everything happens when it's supposed to because everything in my life was meant to be. It was meant to happen to me in that moment and in that order so that I could learn what I needed to, to do what I was meant to do. And sometimes that changes, but that pivot was already written in my story. My history has already been told family because my ancestors paved the way for me to do the things that I couldn't imagine doing. They dreamed for me so that I can keep dreaming. They created opportunities, spaces, and tools that they left to me so that I can use them to thrive because my history supports me. It champions me, encourages me, and guides me all to be the best version of who I was meant to be. So when I think about my history and the things that continue to ground me, I think about all parts of me, the ones that make me who I am and who I'm not. I think about our community and all the ways that we've supported each other over time. Y'all inspired me. So, in honor of LGBTQ plus history month, let's keep spreading that inspiration around the city. As we sit here tonight, Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023, our Black queer family is being inducted into the Chicago LGBTQ Hall of Fame. Our previous guest, Adam McMath, from season one, episode three, that talked about the work of Black Alphabet, the world's oldest and largest LGBTQ plus focused arts and film organization, has received the honor this year. It makes me happy as a board member to see this happen, but I share my congratulations with the rest of our team, Ray, Chris, Joshua, Timum, Cheyenne, and everyone else who helps make this work possible. We couldn't do it without you, and I thank you for helping us get this far. As a platform built on celebrating people at all stages of their journey, I believe that there is power in giving people their flowers while they're still here. It shows them that they are worthy and that there is so much more growth waiting on them. So keep going. That's a wrap on our Black Report with the QUE. And until next week, keep finding ways to celebrate yourself. Stopping by to join us at the table for this week's main event segment is one of my favorite mentors, a lifelong educator, published author, diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, co-founder of Critical Collective LLC, and everybody's favorite uncle, Donald Gilliam. All right, come on, intro. Welcome to the table. Thank you for having me. I <laughs> no, appreciate it. No problem, Donald. I'm so glad for you to be here with us today to be able to share more about what you're doing and the things that you care about with the city of Chicago and our audience. Like I said, that you have been a great mentor to me, one of my favorites. So I'm really glad to be able to share your light with the rest of the city and really give you some space to talk about the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're doing well in, because I know that you have an amazing voice and so many people need to hear about it and all the things that you're doing. So I hope to give power to that today. Thank you. Thank you. And clarification, not singing voice. So let's... I can't sing either, so we're not even going to touch that. Okay. Okay. So I was on the same page. <laughs> yeah, we, we here. We here. We here. 
So I'm going to dive right into it because, like I said, there's so much that you have in experience-wise and just kind of in your life. So I want to be able to highlight a little of that. I know we don't got too much time, but the people can get what they need. Okay, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. So first, which may throw you off a little bit, why did you decide to pivot from the field of education to focus more on the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion? So technically, I didn't leave or want to pivot from education to go into DEI. I was doing all those things within education. Um, I left education for other opportunities, I'll put it that way. Um, can I be honest? Go ahead. Primarily financially. I think- Because um, the schools need to pay people more. Honestly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, to brag on myself for a minute, I think I do great work. And I think I was reaching my ceiling doing it in education, mm. especially for the amount of money that I was getting paid. So if I have what I think are great gifts and talents, I feel like my financial uh, compensation should match that as yeah, much as possible. Um, so I left for greener pastures, greener being more dollars. Mm. Um, but also, like I said, I was reaching my classroom. I, I was living my dream job, working at a university, um, overseeing a black male initiative. Uh, shout out to Mizzou Black Men's Initiative. Shout out, that's right. how we met. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I was, I was living my dream job there and I was able to bring a lot of different conversations in the classroom mm -hmm. from social justice, masculinity, unpacking a lot of like emotional understanding and uh, self-awareness. But it was kind of trapped in the four walls of that proverbial classroom. Um, so I wanted to do that on a larger scale and I thought larger scale was leaving education and going corporate. Um, and then I got into organizational development and a slew of other things. So I saw that as the larger scale. Um, and then education also, it just, it, as much as I love it, and it presents as a very warm and fuzzy, inclusive way of work. Yeah. It's almost everything but at times. Mm. Uh, and the politics of higher ed specifically leave something to be desired um, so they don't welcome the work as much as they say they do. Right. So I left. Okay. That was a very thorough answer, so I appreciate that. <laughs> but I, I resonate with it so much because yeah. as you're familiar, I was also working in that education space and was able to see that from mm -hmm. both higher ed side and K through 12. So I definitely understand Same. your need, you know, to create more opportunities for yourself to be able to sustain the lifestyle that you need and deserve because it's hard. And that's not to say that it's a bad field to be in. They just right. need to pay educators more. It's the whole system. Yeah. We won't yeah. even get we into won't that even get conversation into it. for another day. But like, I, I love working with students. I love yeah. working for students. I love working along with students. Mm -hmm. But I think education is set up to only focus on that relationship to students mm. and not everybody else, particularly if we're talking higher ed staff. Because yeah. you have students that are heavy here. You have faculty yep. who are heavy here on the research. But that forgotten group tends to be staff. And I, I was mostly staff. And... Um, yeah, that was that was an experience that I wanted to correct in some way. Okay, well, I hope that in what you're doing now that you're able to find ways to correct it or at least be an example, which I think that you have been an example to other people to address, that. you know, what those systemic challenges look like in these systems nationwide, you know, higher ed, K through 12, but also to have that courage to step out and to do something different, to see, you know, what's Oof. going on and realize that it's not the environment that you need to be in and that you need to be doing something else to make yourself happy. So I'm glad that you've been able to to leave that space and to be able to find more happiness and joy for yourself and the things that you're continuing to do. It was difficult, but necessary. And yeah. I think that's how I live my life. 
to be honest. Doing things that's difficult but necessary? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to grow is to continue to push yourself, right? Yeah, somebody told me sometimes in order to grow, you have to go. Mm. Um, so I left a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I've been growing a lot. <laughs> Ain't nothing but wrong with I, that. Had, I had to leave several things yeah. for several reasons in order to grow and be here with you today. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to leave and be here with me today because Absolutely. you, I mean, honestly, Donald, you have really been an inspiration to me, not just as a mentor, but to all of the different things that I'm doing, you know, currently in my life, this space right here, right now, you know, partially wouldn't have been able to be here without your recommendation, your inspiration, your guidance and your support. When I first started it, you know, three or so years ago, being that mentor to me and not just me, to other people that were around us as well. So I'm really grateful for your presence and your light that you continue to give to other people, even though you may or may not see how large it is. So. I'm gonna lean a little bit more into that mentor space because I think okay. that that's really valuable to us as black men, to this space as black queer people, just being able to find that person or that community to lean into. So how has mentorship for you challenged or changed your approach to understanding identity development? Because I know that's a large part of your work in right. DEI is understanding and helping other people understand identity. So how has that changed for you? Uh, that's a really good question, actually. and I'm. Even in thinking of that right now, I just see gatekeeping mm. pop up. Like, I'm really big on mentorship. Um, I didn't know that I was going to be in education early on. Like, in Most kindergarten, I said, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. I was like, no, that was a lie. Um, but then I ended up falling into it, right? Yep. I always say I was bit by the education bug. And I keep harping on education, but I do think that there is sometimes too much gatekeeping mm -hmm. in education, which then makes it very exclusive. Um, so I've always been able to work with my individual one-on-one -on -one connections as far as mentorship because I just believe in access and opportunity for people and I don't want to gatekeep that way. So in terms of um, mentorship, if I can be that access to something or that bridge builder for somebody, that's how I've approached it. Mm -hmm. um, and it should never be the mentorship that you give somebody or offer somebody shouldn't be like, this is what you should do because I say so and all of these things. Like you really have to work with people individually. I yeah. work with people individually to figure out what their needs are, how they want to define success because that's a loaded term to begin with, right? Yep. So my mentorship is individual to highlight all the things that my counterpart is hoping to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes with dismantling gatekeeping in some way. Um, but also giving access to in other ways. I'm Hugo Balta, host of the podcast, Three Questions With. Governor J.B. Pritzker was heavily criticized for his decision to limit enrollment to two state-funded health insurance programs. We're very involved in the community. Uh, we provide primary care, which means uh, we're the medical home to over you know, 40,000 patients. Join us on Wednesdays at 7.30 in the evening via Channel 19, streaming on the CanTV.org and the CanTV Plus app. I agree, because that's something that, like you said, that a lot of people try to keep to themselves is that access to things that can help us, especially, like you said, that exclusivity in the yeah. higher education space. We hear about, I mean, it's been something that's been going on historically forever. You know, people go away to college or they're in these settings and they may not 
feel that way or react that way, but other people that are on outside may think that, or some of those more higher up faculty, staff members that have a little bit more tenure, you know, reserve the exclusivity for people that have primarily been there or the main population, and that's not right. No. You know, we all deserve to be either in those spaces or have access to them and to receive those same benefits. Yeah, because it's a lane for everybody. Like, mm -hmm. life does not need to be a competition. No, and it's not. It shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't be, but it's set up for a lot of people to see it that way, that one person has to be above somebody else or better than another in order to win when everybody can win if they stay in their own lanes. So I, I don't think that, you know, looking at it the opposite way is necessary of this competition in life. Yeah. So thinking about the competition, not to put you in any competition with anybody else, but understanding your background and your experience and, you know, as a mentee and friend, seeing your transition from working directly in higher ed to moving to the corporate space to now what you're doing with launching your own business, Critical Collective LLC as a co-founder, it's amazing. It's amazing to Thank see you. and it's very inspirational, not just for me, but for other people and other organizations who need this work and who need that same idea, thought process, you know, that you come with with your team to be able to provide them with the insight to do this work better. You know, coming with a DEI lens, I think is really impactful. So can you explain that a little bit more and how that has supported your profession, professional and personal goals? Uh, before I even get into that, one, thank you for uh, highlighting Critical Collective LLC. Um, You're doing amazing things. Let's talk about it. I appreciate that, but I can't do it alone. So before I get into that, I also want to shout out my two counterparts, uh, Mariah Cater and Brittany Williams, mm -hmm. two amazingly talented black women that I work with, my colleagues and friends, more importantly. Um, we had a conversation. We've had several conversations. We had a conversation. Yeah, you don't get to uh, a business by just right. doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and our one of our initial conversations was over wine, just discussing the woes of our jobs mm -hmm. and previous professions, and you know, not to shade any other of our professional opportunities um, that we've had, but they weren't it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was just we kept seeing these solutions. We kept seeing ways to work around different things um, to be more inclusive. And like you said, a DEI lens, that is not just the focus of Critical Collective. Right. Um, so we just add that into it. But we are a, a new business. It's a new venture for us. Exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. We started in June, I think, officially. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. To you, you, and you. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we all came together over, with this conversation over wine saying, like, there's so much money to be made out here, mm -hmm. and we can do these things Too and much better. better. Yeah. So it wasn't just the financial piece of that, but as a business, we're looking to work with people, um, individuals and businesses, corporations, organizations, to really operationalize inclusion. That's kind of our main focus. So we have not just doing that through DEI consulting, which we can do, but organizational development, strategic programming and events, um, as well as having a focus on corporate social responsibility. So y'all cover everything. Yes, a little bit of everything. Okay. We are the, what I would like to say now, premier one-stop shop. You can take yeah. that and run with it. Um, for businesses to really be able to grow and develop. Uh, so that is what we want to do. And we have a community focus to that. So we say critical collective, it doesn't just take one person. I say that everybody can win. That's the whole purpose of what we want to do. The three of us are coming from uh, various backgrounds, from education, cannabis industry, healthcare, and technology. 
um, and putting all of those things together so we aren't just focused in one line of work, mm -hmm. but how can we do this from a community aspect saying that it takes literally everybody, the whole adage of it takes a village. Yep. It, it does take a village to be able to operationalize inclusion, to be able to understand, to be able to grow um, as a people and society and all these other things. Um, we just happen to do that through a little bit of business development. Yeah, but I mean, there's power in that community Absolutely. and those experiences that you all are bringing to the table that you're putting together to help other people uncover their power and their potential in their business and the things that they're doing. So I give kudos to you all for giving that power back to the community and continuing to lean into you all, your own individual strengths. So I believe that's what you all are doing. You're bringing your own individual strengths to the table and seeing how they work together. Yes, it's been a long time coming, but we are so very excited to officially launch and yeah. start. Like I said, we just started in about June as a business, okay. but individually we all have uh, 10 to 13 years experience in doing what we were doing prior to. So mm -hmm. it was like, this is the perfect time to weave this together yep. and cast a wider net, um, especially being Chicago based. Yeah. Might as well do it in the greatest city, right? Absolutely. Mm. So thinking about the strengths that you bring to that table and to all the different things that you're doing, what do you believe your purpose is in this life? Mm. What is my purpose in life? That might be a really hard, far-fetched question to answer, but if you had three seconds to think about it, what would you say? People. Mm. People, I think, I think my purpose in life is people not to take away from anything that I can do individually but I think I was put on this earth to show other people their potential um, so they can have launch pads mm -hmm. almost like um, me like an ignition yes you <laughs> yes to be able to connect yeah. so many years ago and now you are here yeah on air in Chicago on air on in air Chicago and your name to follow like you know yeah so I, I think my purpose is people it really is like I, I I am the ignition I think or can be have been the igniting factor to a lot of other people's success that they do on their own I'm not taking any credit for that but the time that I have with somebody um, I try to make the most of it and then propel you on further so yeah, and I think you do a great job at that. And I, I don't just speak for myself. I know from other people that are a part of your life or who have been in your life that you really do bring that gift to the rest of your community and to the rest of the world. So I'm glad to be in space with you, to be in your community and to receive Likewise. that. And hopefully I can give that back to Absolutely, you. Absolutely, 100%. Good. Today. <laughs> Today. We Today and every things. day, really. But yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, Of course. Because I mean, you've really been able to, like you said, you've had such an extensive experience doing this work, you know, professionally and even just kind of personally learning and growing about who you are. So how are you making your younger self proud in the things that you're doing today? Um, by existing authentically. Mm. Okay. I think. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I think I have, in terms of, especially being in the classroom for as long as I have been, um, I didn't think that I can teach about identity development without exploring that for myself. Yep. And I think in order to encourage other people to Explore be the best theirs. versions of themselves, you have to do that for you. So I think I wake up every day authentically me, humor, sarcasm, all that mixed up into one as a proud 33-year-old black by american man here in, in the city of Chicago. So I, I think that every day mm -hmm. um, fuels me. Yeah, 
I mean, there's power in that. I keep saying power, but there's power in owning your identity and showing up every single day. It is. It's who you are and reiterating that, not just to yourself, but to other people, to be able to stand in front of a classroom. So I did that when I was in grad school. Yeah. So I know that feeling and I, I see that in you of how having those conversations over and over has built more confidence and more power in your voice and the things that you're able to share with other people by you doing so much of that personally. Absolutely. That's that's the only thing that somebody cannot take from you is mm. who you are. Yeah. So if you know who you are, you own who you are, you celebrate who you are and you spread that throughout. They can't take that from you. They can't. You can take money. Don't. You can take <laughs> shoes. You can take the material thing. You can take everything from me. But what you cannot take is who I am. Yeah. Um, so I own that every day. Yeah. As you should. As you should. So thinking about owning who you are, your identities, how has black queerness continued to show up in your life and what does it mean to you? Um, what does it mean? It means life, it means love, it means understanding. Uh, I think everybody has different definitions of what that looks like and mm -hmm. queerness is a spectrum. Yes, it is. Um, I think because I, I feel that I've existed on the margins of society throughout life, um, I've had to figure out how to maneuver and even being black and bi um, is, too much of one thing, not enough of another. Where do you exist? This pendulum, you know. So trying to navigate that, um, I just I think that's where I've kind of focused my time in, like understanding who I am in relation to other people. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, has that changed for you over time? From I guess the first moment that you were realizing that this is where you were on the spectrum and in your life up until now, currently that point. That might have been yesterday. I have no idea. But where did that journey start and where is it is now? Where is it now? I don't know where it started. Well, birth. Let's just okay. go with that. <laughs> August 17, like 1990. This. Just hello. Okay. Um, but no, I, I say birth because I don't really know another way. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, as you get older and understand like relationships and attractions and things like that, yeah, that part is developed, but I don't really know another way of thinking. I think I've always been a little left of center across the board. It's not just sexuality, but just across the board that I think about things differently than mm -hmm. what I've seen other people do. Right. So in me feeling different or other in some way, I've owned it and created my own lane and those that rock with me do, those that don't, it's okay. And I just stay planted in that. So I, I, I think that really is what black queerness is at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. It is not a monolith and it does not, not look the same no matter where you go, no matter who you talk to, it's completely different. Yeah. So the, I'm, the community is vast, but mm -hmm. the levels are different. And the yeah. levels is not saying that one is better than the other. It's just that we are all at different stages orbiting around each other and we can coexist. So that's what the community is for. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And that's why we have this space, you know, today and every other, every Tuesday, because we really want to show people the diversity Absolutely. of our community and what it looks like, you know, in different factors and di on different levels at different stages. A big part of the reason why we have these conversations is to really celebrate people at all different stages of their journey, whether that's you, you know, first figuring out where your identity is or you taking that plunge in your career. We want to talk through those different things because we all are different people, mm -hmm. but we're all human, you know, and it's important for us to come back to these conversations to really try to understand one another. So I thank you, Donald, for, for being transparent and sharing and you know your experiences with us so that we can better understand what community continues to look like 
how can we continue to lean into our community and show up and support one another? Because that's most show up important. Show and support, yes. Show up and support. That's really all I'm trying to do is just show up more and support more people. So I'm glad that we're able to do this together and learn more about your story so that other people can figure out how to better support you in the things that you're doing. Thank you again, Donald, for being here and for sharing your light with the city of Chicago and our community. We'll be back really quickly, Chicago, with open space. So make sure to stick around. And now for open space, an opportunity for us to let go, be free, and just live. Stick around for the vibes. So Donald, we're back. <laughs> we're back with a little game. Okay, it's come called on, game. This or that. It's real simple. I'm just gonna have you choose one option or the other. Mm -hmm. But hopefully, this helps us get to know you a little bit better and some of the things that you be doing in life. Okay, nosy. Okay, let's go. Just a little. <laughs> just a little. So, first one. Are you a morning bird or a night owl? I'm a night owl. How late? I don't need to know. I'm now, it's <laughs> like a solid one o'clock. Oh, that's not late. That, I mean, that's pushing it. But I mean, I used to be like 3.34 kicking it night okay. owl. You so, also used to be a teacher, so you needed to go to sleep early. I did and I didn't, but <laughs> we made it work. All right, and most of them don't. So <laughs> journal or no tap? Like physical journal? Uh, journal. Mm. Journal. I have a journal, diary, whatever people want to call it, but I call it ink therapy. Okay. So I just write letters to myself or mm. like conversations to myself. Beautiful. Um, so I think I'm on my third book, if you will, journal. That's crazy how many just books you just collect in your life from journaling. And I don't read them. You should. Come back to them. It might change your life. Oh, I'm scared. So. I've heard it might change your life just by reading your past thoughts. I'll let you know if I do it. Keep me updated. Are you a better driver or passenger? Driver. Really? Yeah. Mm. I like to be in control. Mm. Leo. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I figured. Love being on the side. <laughs> <laughs> CD player or Walkman? What? A CD player or a Walkman? Oh, a CD player or a Walkman. Oh. For those that don't know what a Walkman is, it is a cassette player. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to what I had originally, mm. which was a Walkman. Okay. Over um, a CD player? Yeah, just for nostalgia purposes. Okay. But CD players. But even though you walk with a CD player, sometimes it'll skip. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. But that don't was trip. back in the day. The whole, don't go over rock. <laughs> don't. Don't. Tank or genuine? I like Tank. I do not like to see him sing physically. <laughs> that like quiver of the chin and the jaw, it really annoys me. Okay. Like beyond belief. But I was just listening to Tank on the way over here. He's a good artist. Um, Great music, man. Mm -hmm. Great music. You ain't said genuine I want, so. Well, you said this or that, so this okay. was this. You, he is the that. You don't listen to genuine. I do, but I'm just saying that was just recently <laughs> playing in the car. Oh, gotcha. Very relevant. We just need genuine to stop falling off stages. I'm not gonna comment on that. <laughs> I'm gonna let it be. Last one. Action or horror film? Oh, um, Action. I want to say horror, but the movies are not scary anymore. Mm -mm. So action. And I'm also just into the John Wick series. So that's the name of the movie, right? Yeah, John Wick. Okay, I think I've seen my one or two. 
<laughs> well, that was all that I had for the day. So thank Great. you, Donald, <laughs> for joining me for Open Space, for playing this little bit of game. Hopefully yeah. the people got a little bit more insight into who you are and the things that you enjoy doing or that you be doing in your life. Yes. I thank you again for joining us here in this space at the table to be able to lean into our community, share more of your light with our people and teach us something. I feel like I've known you for some years, but I just learned something from you by sitting over there at that table just talking. So hopefully the rest of Chicago has as well. And I really do appreciate this conversation and everything that you're continuing to do in your life because you're continuing to empower people in all things that you're doing. Thank you, and I appreciate you, and I appreciate the platform, not only for me, but for every other voice that you've had on here, and you are doing amazing work, so please take that and run with it. Thank you so much. I will. I'm going to hold tight to it, and I'm going <laughs> to put it in my journal and come back to it in 10 years, and hopefully it changed my life. <laughs> As we end this night with full hearts and new knowledge, I encourage you all to share what you gain with others. Lean into your communities harder than you ever have before, and watch what history comes from it. Everything is already yours. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at CanTV Chicago and Closet Unlocked to stay up to date on all the things that are happening. And you know, we'll be back next week with more black queer folks being represented at the table. But until then, thanks for watching. Peace.